You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're sitting down with somebody who is quite possibly, next to Gray, the most important person for the show. Oh, for sure. She was the very first person that I ever talked about the podcast with and kind of said my dreams about it. Um, we came into each other's lives very cosmically and we are forever grateful for her help on the show and her friendship. Mm-hmm. Today we are interviewing our very dear spell check. Hello, children. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to being on the other side of the audio. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that are new here, spell check is our there's no podcast term for it, but she's our copy editor. Basically. So she's my she's my words. Yes. For the show. And she listens to the audio every week. Her and Greg get the audio before anybody else and hear it in its uh organic state yeah super rough yeah we get all the pops and clicks yeah and all the gray (laughs) cut that son of a bitch restarts yeah what am i saying i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. the first thing i wanted to talk about today was your name spell check oh yes how you got it (laughs) (laughs) my, um, my husband ordained you yes he did spell check and um i'll tell part of it you tell part of it okay so you and I have been friends for haha three since, since March of 2019. Oh, you're welcome. We worked together at the salon when you started there, mm-hmm. and I quickly fell in love with you. Yes, I remember the exact moment I decided you were my friend. Oh, <laughs> do you what was it? Yeah. <laughs> so we were sitting at the front. Well, I was sitting at the front desk, and you were standing behind me, and I was getting uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> because you were too close to me but we were talking about um somebody said something about blue jays and i said oh yes they're part of the co- uh the corvid family and you said oh i just got a boner <laughs> <laughs> i just got a boner that's something i would say and i was like okay there it is <laughs> that was the moment for both of us i think right went, yes yes i yep. will because you use the word corvid and that yep. is I don't remember saying that, but it's very on brand. Oh yeah, for me, I was gonna uh, say yeah. That sounds exactly like. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that is me. Um, but no, I was just yeah. I was you were, you came to the salon. You were dressed adorable all the time. You dressed like fifties housewife, but one that will slash your tires. Oh, thank you. So, and the the spell check thing comes from you're a avid bibliophile. Yes. And writer and all of those things, mm-hmm. but you also practice. I am a practicing witch. Yes. So. And my husband, ever the pun master. Yeah. <laughs> said, oh, so like spell check. And then he raised his eyebrows at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, you it's get it? The best of both worlds there. It he is, is still so proud of himself. I'm proud of him for that. <laughs> Don't encourage it. I have a necklace that says spell check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is that is what we refer to. Your yep. your given name is Kate Stewart. Yes. Or Caitlin. <laughs> if you're nasty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Depending on the mood. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. So that's that's where spell check comes from, and it just is very fitting. So I, I love the name. Mm-hmm. I've never had such a fun nickname. And almost everybody I know refers to you. Oh yeah. So um we had that our fair first faithful estate sale i would we i would get a break at work and spellcheck was building her clientele so i had a lot of time of just sitting and looking sad and folding laundry <laughs> so if i had a break i would go hey do you want to go xyz yes and always we went to uh the our first estate sale and i said i want to do this podcast and we started talking about it and then that fall is when i landed on you as the host and all of you know all of the things that work mm-hmm. together really well any hoops yeah enough about that right but there's lots of things i don't know about like little spell check oh yeah like i know after knowing you've come to know you and your family and those different things but you are also a military brat mm-hmm. air force just like jill yep my dad was in for 20 years yep that was mine which now i'm starting to feel left out that i don't have i know finally <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I feel like you guys can commiserate on the like military brat moving from different places to places. Like what was your experience with having to kind of like pick up and move again for both of you? Did you know like the motions to go oh, through? Yeah. I, my parents very much prepared us. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, we would just be home and my dad would come in and be like, we're moving. Okay, where are we going? That would be like. So I think you moved around more than I did. My dad had a really, really specialized job. And so I think he had a little bit of leeway with how long we stayed anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we usually stayed three or four years. We never did the like six months here, six months there. We didn't do any of that. Yeah, we didn't either. Oh, okay. We stayed. No, I want to say we stayed a couple years at each place. Mountain Home was our last space, and that's, like, where my dad retired and stayed. So yeah, that was the longest we had stayed somewhere. Well, but we never lived on base. I know that's a big difference. Oh, yeah. We lived on base everywhere we moved. We always lived off base, um, A, because you get paid more mm-hmm. if you're living off base. Mm-hmm. It's, like, an allowance to for mortgage yeah, housing and what. allowance, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, and you know my dad, so this will be funny to you. My dad wanted to live among the people wherever we were. <laughs> Your <laughs> <Just>, father. <laughs> yeah, as like like a like a redneck anthropologist. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see how civilians operate. That is legitimately exactly. So we would live like, like when we lived in Florida, we lived in a swamp. We lived in Bayou George, Florida, which is the swamp really close to the Alabama border with people who like lived with alligators Mm -hmm. and didn't own shoes. And, you know, I've described your parents. I had to describe your parents to my husband. Yeah. And I was like, what's the fastest way to get to how these people are? And I meet it in the most respectful way. Yes. They are Reba McIntyre's character and the husband from Tremors. Yes. 100%. Those are my parents. I love that movie. That's exactly like Mm -hmm. as nice, but also possibly have a bunker. Oh, yeah. So, so, okay. So where (laughs) were some of the places that you lived, Spellcheck, and you lived? Like what, do you remember all the places you guys lived? Oh, yeah. I, the only places I don't remember are where I was born and Iceland. 
I lived in Iceland. So I was born in Tacoma, Washington, and I only lived there for six months. We moved straight to uh, uh, Keflavik, Iceland when I was six months old. And then when I was two, we moved to Florida. And so Florida is where my memories start. But I do have pictures of me in Iceland, you know. With Bjork. Yeah, basically, it's like, here's a rock, here's a volcano. Here's That's so crazy, yeah. because I was so, I was born in Washington as well, in Wenatchee. Oh, okay. And we were stationed at um, Fairchild in Spokane, then we moved to Norton, San Bernardino, and then my dad got orders to move, to go to Mountain Home, but he had to do a TDY in Iceland, mm-hmm. and... I just remember them coming home. He's like, we're either going to move to Idaho, Japan, or England. And so my sister and I were like, Japan oh, or England. Man. And then mm-hmm. my mom's like, no, we're going to Idaho. What year was that? Uh, we moved to Idaho in... No, eight. what year was he in Iceland? Uh, let's see. I was in fifth grade. So 87, 88. Well, maybe it was at 88. Hell, I don't know. That was a long time ago. Well, because he and my dad might have crossed paths. They might have. But yeah, my mom didn't want to go because it was a year. He was there for a year and she didn't want to go. And like looking back, I'm like, mom, what the hell's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Oh, it would have been I would have awesome. loved to go. But no, we stayed. And then we moved back to Washington until my dad was done with his TDY. And then we moved to Mountain Home. My dad had to do a year in uh, South Korea when I was five, I think. So in like 96. No, maybe it was 95. But that was that was pretty yeah. tough. And then my so my dad had to go to Turkey. Well, that's what he tells us in '96 because of Desert Storm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he left on my 16th birthday. Oh, it was awesome. My dad tried to go, but because, like I said, his job was there. He told me once um, that there were only about 200 people who did his job. Mm-hmm. So they said, "No, we need you." You can't go. Mm-hmm. That sounds similar to my grandfather didn't. Well, we know he didn't move really at all. Yeah. And he had a very specific job that we're st- we still don't really know mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. But he spent the, when they spent that much time in England, that mm-hmm. 13 years, part of it was during the Cold War. Yeah. My, there, da- my dad's given me hints of yeah. what he did, but he won't tell me. So I know it's got to be something super special yeah so your mother mm-hmm. reba reba <laughs> in this story yeah she did she collect and like was she shopping during this time how old were your parents when they got married my so <laughs> my parents met um when they were both 18 um in a taco time because That's beautiful yeah my dad his family had moved to Idaho Falls where my mom is from because he was also a military kid. They met in high school and they got married six months later. Um, so over a cup of iceberg lettuce and sour cream. No, my dad was really drunk and he came in, (laughs) (laughs) he came in and he was like trying to get my mom's number and she finally gave it to him and she said, okay, call me tomorrow. And of course she thought he wouldn't, Mm -hmm. But he did. He called like at the exact time that she had said. So they got married six months later because my dad's job, he was um, a pipe mover at the time. And his boss, who still lives there, like it's it's a local family. um, My boss, his boss said to him, it's raining today. Why don't you go marry that girl? 
So he did. <laughs> so that's why my parents got married. Oh my God. <laughs> Weather's a bit inclement and we yeah. don't have a lot of work today. Yep. Go get married. 100%. And the, the judge, because they got married in the courthouse, the judge who married them also married me and my husband and my brother and his wife and also sent my brother to jail. <laughs> As long as you just keep him employed, you just got to yeah, keep yeah. him on the dock. Oh, it's yeah. a woman. Oh. She's, she's retired now. But yeah, I was always proud of that. Like, yeah. Female judge in the 80s. That's, I mean, breaking boundaries. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and your mom's from here. Where's your dad from? He's a military kid. He oh. was born in uh, West Germany because my, so this is, there's so many stories. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad's mom is from Holland and my dad's dad was in the Air Force and he was stationed in Germany, met my grandma. Then she, you know, they had to get married because they were both Catholics. And that's what happens <laughs> when you knock a girl up. <laughs> yeah. Got to complete the yep. scorecard. So, um, they, and they lived there. They uh, had my uncle first and then my dad came along less than a year later. And then... Uh, they came back to the United States, lived in Wisconsin for a little while, because that's where my grandpa is from. But then they moved around for military reasons. And my dad did a lot of growing up in Missouri. Mm. So he lived, um, like, in the Ozarks. Explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. Um, so he's... He he says he, he usually says he's either from Missouri or from Idaho. Which I mean, yeah. isn't it like two sides of the same coin really? Very similar. Yeah. And and it's funny cuz when he gets around anybody with a southern accent, you don't think of people from Missouri having an accent, but they really do. So whenever he gets around anyone with a southern accent, his accent will come back. Oh wow. And it's really funny. <laughs> I love it. your dad's side, well both sides of your family are very interesting unusual people yes. but we were um we had to go up to your dad's house this year and mm -hmm. we were of course i was asking questions about their family yeah and your dad was able to fill in a little bit more gaps about the dutch side yeah my so yeah it's so have you heard any of this jill about her like uh yeah because you we were talking about it it's just Okay, so let's start because it's so cool to me. We've had, we talked about it a little bit on one of the episodes when we called mm -hmm. you to clarify the rosary. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So this, the grandfather had a particular job in the Dutch military. So when my, my paternal grandmother's father, when he was a young man, was in the Dutch mounted Calvary when that was still a thing. In the First World War, or d during, because Holland didn't fight. But, um, so he was born pre-1900. I don't know exactly what year he was born, but it was 1890-something. Um, he was in the army during the First World War. Um, and then when the Second World War came around, he was too old to fight as a soldier. But he... He had to do something, so he was the head of the Dutch underground resistance when Holland was occupied by the Nazis. <laughs> Which is like, when I heard that fact in particular, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, he his grave is decorated. He had, on the gravestone itself, it's carved in that he received... I don't know what the honor is called, but it's the Dutch equivalent of the Medal of Honor. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so he he was decorated for it. He had um, the queen did something because there's a queen in Holland. She's a very normal person, apparently. My grandma <laughs> met her once. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's nothing like. But the monarchy in Holland is nothing like the monarchy in England. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're all very normal. Just like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever about it. I think her name was Beatrice. Do they know exactly what he was doing at that time as like a member of the resistance? He got uh, he got people out of the country. He uh, falsified papers. He I mean, he he did. He saved people's lives. Wow. He made sure people didn't get on the train, basically. And probably, which this this part makes me feel awful, but he probably did end up killing a lot of people, too. Just the fact that that was part of it. Right. Um, and he uh, he was a political prisoner in a work camp for what we we think it was less than a year. I've never been able to find out exactly how long he was in there or which camp he was in. I would like to contact... Um, maybe someone in Holland who has access to records, maybe we can find out where he was, Sure, but he survived that. Um, but he died not very long afterward, just health complications, probably from forced starvation, all that. Right. And I, you know, yeah, it's a lot. It's well, and it's one of those things, you know, you learn about it, you read about it. You know, I think when you first start to learn about that in what middle school, mm-hmm. you're fascinated by that much human depravity. It is amazing what one person can do to another person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, you always have like, you know, six degrees of separation. But I don't. Right. And I, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody that I know that has this type of connection to such a historic time. Well, and... My grandma, she was young at the time because she's she's not excessively old. I mm-hmm. mean, she's in her late 70s, early 80s. Um, but she remembers being occupied. She remembers the Nazis being in her town. She remembers people being afraid. She had um, two older sisters and an older brother. The brother, um, he had to... They all basically had to kind of stay inside and hide themselves, the brother, because what if he was picked up to be forced to work for whatever mm-hmm. the sisters that, you know, they would have been raped if they had gone out of the house. So six year old grandma had to go out to market whenever they needed anything. The mother couldn't go for the same reason the sisters couldn't wow. go. So she remembers having to walk through streets with Nazis and their guns pointing at her. And like, she remembers all that. Jesus. And who I just, I couldn't, what a different time. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and I, it's one of the set of that necessity aspect of what yeah. else are you going to do? Everybody kind of conforms to what has to happen in a crisis. That is 100% uh, why I am so avidly anti-racism, anti-white supremacy, mm-hmm. like the, the whole bystander effect. I feel it personally. Right. Mm-hmm. And it makes me very active, I think, in trying to dismantle those things mm-hmm. because it's like, listen, <laughs> this is not as far away from people as you think it is. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing that gets overlooked is people think white people think yeah that it's a bygone yep it doesn't happen anymore mm-hmm. it's not a part of no yeah and it very it very much is and mm-hmm. it's it's important to have a real hard look at yourself and how you were raised mm-hmm. and realize the problematic things yeah as a white person to be like oh shit there's some stuff that i have that i shouldn't be carrying around and doing any mm-hmm. obviously yeah. And to be like that closely connected to that time in history, to have somebody that can verbally. Oh, yeah. She could tell you. Wow. I I never ask her. I don't feel right asking her about it, but she has told me bits here and there. Mm-hmm. And she probably would tell me. I just don't think I can bring myself to have her explain anything mm-hmm. further. Yeah. It's a horrific thing to to ask like, hey, grandma. What was your dad like when he got back from a concentration camp? Right. Yeah. You know, that's not something I want to ask her. No. And it's, it's a hard, it's, yeah. I don't, I mean, how do you even broach that subject? Yeah, exactly. So we keep it light. Me and my grandma both like horror movies. So that's what we, (laughs) that's what we talk about. Good. So moving, not moving away from it because we don't want to talk about it anymore. No segue. No segue. (laughs) But your when your grandmother came to the country, she brought some of her family heirlooms with her. Yes. And you are starting to get some of them in your possession, right? So yeah, I she wasn't able to bring much because my grandpa was not a nice husband and didn't want her bringing her stuff. Um but the things that she did bring, um she's given me most of her smaller family heirloom type items because I'm the grandchild that most appreciates that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I have two painting, two very small paintings that her mother did because here's another fun story. Her mother used to make money by forging famous paintings. Not not as like trying to pass them off as the original, but just like, oh, oh look, like I a, made this copy. Yeah, like a postcard pot, like. Yeah. Yeah, like a printmaker before yeah. it was. Exactly, was... but she would hand paint all this stuff. Wow. So her mother was an excellent painter, and I have two of her little paintings. Oh, I um, love that. I don't think I've ever seen those. You have. You just don't know what they were. <laughs> this is very true. Um, so I've got those. I've got her mother's rosary, which I actually carry with me everywhere. I keep it in my little bag with my insulin. I have oh. diabetes, so... You just don't carry insulin for fun. <laughs> You're just like, oh, this? You don't sell it on the black market on oh, street geez. corners? <sighs> you could. I could. You don't. Um, so I keep I keep my rosary in there. Um, and then I have a prayer book that is my grandma's grandma's that's in Dutch. Um, and, you know, a smattering of other things. I've got some Delft that she gave me. Mm-hmm. You just got her secretary cabinet dress desk the de- the uh no that was from the other side of my family oh, other side yeah never mind you're good <laughs> i also have this um super cool non-religious item it's um what are those called where it's like the viewfinder but the old-fashioned kind where you have two pictures a stereoscope yeah is that I, what it is i have a dutch one of those wow it's, i brought it so i could show you guys Ooh, i'm Fun. excited it's from the 20s so yeah. That 1920s stereoscope. Yeah. Seeing the world back in time. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, because the first item I saw was the rosary. We've talked about the rosary on the show before. And I want to know, like, where you, like, you're starting of collecting, because you mentioned in your questionnaire. Yeah, because I filled that out. That you started as an infant. Literally. Okay. Were you just like straight out of the womb into the antique shop? Yes. What? Okay. My what? my mom has been an antiquer for her entire life and literally would bring me as an infant into antique stores and thrift stores. As soon as I could walk, I would just follow her around in these antique stores. This was a thing that she always did. Every spare minute was spent in a thrift store or an antique store and... She would always brag that when I was a kid, I would never touch anything. I would never play with things. I would always keep my hands down and just look at stuff. I attribute that to my autism. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say you're still that way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I started collecting or I had collecting tendencies even as an infant when I um, still slept in a crib. My mother tells me that I had my stuffed animals organized in my crib categories who knows what they were but i would get extremely upset if they were moved if someone touched them if someone tried to play with them so for me i started collecting stuffed animals mm-hmm. as an infant and categorized them when i was that small wow also very autistic <laughs> <gonna> say. <laughs> very much running the gamut of yeah spectrality yeah definitely on the spectrum there yeah uh, people didn't know shit back then though no they're so. just like she's tidy no ma- yeah mom just <laughs> mom just thought well you know she just likes things organized and we'll just leave her alone i would just play by myself most of the time wow. but my play was organizing Toys. Still is. Let's use. Let's yeah. don't use pastas. You're still. <laughs> yes. You still love it. I so much. still. I well. I've organized your house for fun. Yeah. I'll be like, hi. Are you? Um. I am so overwhelmed with this task of whatever. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to do this? And she like her eyes. She's just like more than anything. <laughs> I would love to do that more than anything. I will organize for fun. Yeah. And okay. So what was your mother collecting? What did she? What does she like to collect? So. That's kind of a hard question to answer. My mom just likes cool old stuff. So it's not really a, I couldn't say it's this or it's that. It's just if we found something in our travels and she liked it, she'd get it. It's not, I mean, she had maybe more like inkwells than not. Like she used to collect old inkwells. She's always had a lot of books. Um... I don't know. It's it's just cool stuff. Mm. No category, just cool things. Like lots of people. Yeah. I think yeah. having the, haven't you noticed this too, Jill, the course of this show, most everybody is kind of a magpie. There's only been a handful. Yeah, there's only been a few that it's like I only collect this this thing. But I think I don't know. I think more people have the magpie tendency and they just don't realize it. Mhm. Like, that's me. I don't have... Yes, I do love Pyrex, but I don't buy it every time I see one. No. And that's not the only thing you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom is definitely... And still is, just if it, like, speaks to her. Yeah. Yeah. Then she'll want it. Yeah. If, if you're like, this has to, this is to come home with me, I don't know why. Yeah. But this needs to live. With the exception of books, we would always get books did she have a particular type of book she was after like old new or any was it anything just my love of reading and my love of books comes directly from her 
and she was that weird kid who would rather read than go out and play and it's books just like hoarding them having too many having them all over everything mm-hmm. that that's the only exception to the previous comments <laughs> well and that's you know i i just love that like watching the the cornerstones of people's collecting as we've done the show yeah mm-hmm. of seeing like what the building blocks is for a future yeah thing and i mean you collect books you love oh yeah books i have a lot <laughs> and that's something that my husband gravitates towards when we go to any type of sale is books he picks through Mm-hmm. the entire bookshelf and he was like ready to fight somebody at this last estate sale <laughs> <laughs> because this guy was which pro tip don't do this <laughs> he was taking an entire row of books off of the shelf mm-hmm. setting them in front of him to go through like boxing himself in with all of these books mm-hmm. and then putting the ones he didn't want back on the shelf that's not okay but he had like and it was he was a large man he was like six three six four and had taken this whole corner of the bedroom up with the bookshelves so nobody else could get in. Don't do that. Mm-mm. Not okay. Uh, I hate it when people do that. Yeah. When did you start like having your own little collections? Did you start like in high school or in junior high? Grade school. Grade school. What were you collecting outside of stuffed animals? Figurines. I like what would traditionally be called knickknacks. Yeah. I had so many. And I had shelves in my room and like tables in my room to just put them on and to organize them. Little, I had, I don't even know where I would have found so many of them, but I had a bunch of miniature tea sets frequently in the shapes of strange things like cows or (laughs) cats um, or little silver tea sets. Mm -hmm. Just miniature, I mean, just a couple inches across for the whole thing. I had tons of them or... Little fairies. I had a lot of um, kind of whimsical fantasy type figurines, little gnomes, fairies, that kind of thing. Um, Very storybook. Very fairy tale. I've always had an attraction to fairy tales. I collect fairy tale books. Um, So I definitely, I'm, you're making this connection for me. I didn't even, (laughs) I didn't even, (laughs) yep. Do you just, well, you love the fantastical. Yes. Anything fantasy related. And I still am like that. Yeah. Um, So those are collections I remember having as young as seven, six or seven. Um, Past that. I, okay. We have all these collections, but you're not living in one place. No. So you're having to pack them all up and move them and they're just kind of growing. Yes. And, and breaking. Oh, yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. But I would keep them. I I still have some of them um, boxed up. I never would get rid of something if it broke. And I still oh, don't. Yeah. If something breaks, I will either fix it or I'll just let it be broken, but I'll still keep it. Mm-hmm. I've had to pull away from that because I get like... <laughs> too much of like I'm, I, I have time to do all these projects I have time to do this and now it's like thank you for your time yeah and then like putting it into the sea which is the carpet <laughs> thank you kiss kiss Bye. yeah <laughs> and I told so I told my husband the other day I said we cannot take on any more projects like you cannot I cannot you cannot bring home another thing into this house <laughs> that requires time to make it workable right we just and he just he looked devastated he goes like forever (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, for like a year. I'm like, every project has to be finished before we take something else on. Well, all the stuff I had, because we were moving so much, my the rule was it had to be small. Did you have rules like that where you couldn't have big stuff? Um, I don't remember. Maybe don't. my dad was just a serious I don't authoritarian. Think we did because <laughs> they they always came to pack us, so it was fine. Oh, my dad packed. We had to pack our stuff. Yeah, we didn't. Not surprising. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> At all. Your dad would never let somebody. We, I do remember we did have packers when we moved from Florida to Canada. And I think it was because it was so far. Yeah. The, the Air Force was like, listen. Yeah. Yeah. This needs to be compact as shit because we're moving you internationally. <laughs> we did drive to Canada from Florida, though. Because, of course, my dad's not going to get pay for a plane ticket. Absolutely. Why would you? <laughs> Why would you do that? Modern day conveniences? For who? Yeah. We don't need that shit. But your family, Jill, you guys were packed and moved. Yeah, we always... Yeah, you had, had it easy, Jill. I, I, I was spoiled. <laughs> I'll admit it. I was spoiled. And I still am spoiled when we had to move ourselves. Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Why do people... Like, I told my husband, I was like, there's people you can pay to do this and my <laughs> husband's like no we can totally do this i was like Shh. i'm like yeah. just throw it all away i'll just buy everything new i'm not doing this anymore <laughs> right yeah no we i know we can i'm not saying we are incapable of mm -hmm. but i would much rather not yeah towards the end i was just throwing stuff in a box and he's like are you gonna know what's in there no not, not I until open i open it it'll be a surprise for everyone <laughs> <laughs> every time i've moved with josh we've packed ourselves and I'm glad that I had the experience as a kid doing it because as annoying and frustrating as it is, I don't feel like it. I, I don't get like overly pissed off about it. Whereas he was like, oh, this is shit. Mm -hmm. why, why do we have to do this? So it's kind of that yeah, attitude yeah. of like, this is annoying. We yeah. Once I have my kitchen packed up, I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Well, do you feel okay? Now I'm connecting some dots about your family, Jill. <laughs> do you feel like that is what really just made your mom be like, I'm going to decorate this way. And who gives a shit if we move? Probably. Yeah. Cause I don't have to pack it. Yeah, She never had to pack anything. Fantastic. Even when, I think even when we moved off base, my dad retired. I think we still hired movers. I love it. And it was like a 10 miles away. From you, you decorated your house. Like your parents decorated. Your oh house. yeah, my mom. We never. We were not allowed. We oh yeah. Couldn't even put holes in the walls like thumb thumbtacks. Oh yeah, we no. did. I had to tape things to my walls. I had to start taping things to walls because I got obsessive with because the magazines that we had when I was a kid, mm -hmm. you could tear all the pictures out and hang them up. Oh, I did that. And so my dad came home. He's like, "No, use tape." And I'm like, "No, because." Well, okay. So you were you put pictures and stuff yeah. Up. So we decorated wherever we moved to my mom didn't like my mom was this she liked to decorate she likes to hang things on the wall she hated bare walls mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's because the way she grew up but i can remember still to this day she just recently took everything down and she wants to do new things but she doesn't know yet and it's driving her nuts yeah i also hate bare walls yeah my mom has always hated bare walls and it was just exacerbated by the fact that my dad was like, no, we're going to have to leave. We're going to mm. have to sell this house soon. So we can't put holes in the walls. We can't hang things up. Damn it, Kim. <laughs> Decorate some other way. Stop it. <laughs> so my mom, it was books and, and house plants for my mom. That was always what we had all over the place. House plants. 
we never I we never had a house plant in my house growing up. We did. But I think it's because my grandma always had plants in her house. She used to have a little stand by the back window that was filled with different plants and then she had a couple hanging, but yeah, I remember my mom always having them. Yeah, we I look back, I love my mother dearly, but I look <laughs> back on some things and I'm like, why didn't we do that? Why didn't yeah. we have this? Or why <laughs> I know, we... I do the same thing. I'm like, why did you do that? Because there was other things where my mom, like, she was like free range parenting before it was a thing. Like, I was talking to Dustin the other day about my brother, brothers, and it's like our house was like the hangout house. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this now as a parent and a homeowner. And I was like, my mom was out of her fucking mind. (laughs) She would let all the boys go to the basement, right? It was like the hangout place. Mm -hmm. They were disgusting. Okay. This is going to be two stories. We may cut one because it's too much, but they were, they were skateboarders, right? There was like a roving gang of these skateboard kids. There was 20 of us. Yeah. And we all lived on the same street. So it was our (laughs) house. Cameron lived on the other side of the block. And then down the street was, these these two families i won't put everybody's name in because <laughs> they don't need to be a part of this um but it was like me and my friend and her cousins were the only girls there was four girls five girls and the rest were boys like 15 boys Ooh. and then they would have their friends that were from the same town but lived in different things so they were all skateboarders right and the cops would literally always show up wherever we were because we were usually being assholes <laughs> But they were all skateboarders, and this was like at the time of like Jackass and Viva oh, La Bam. Oh, yeah. Yes. So they also were videographers at the time. Of course, with actual video cameras. Yes, and they would do like their own videos and cut and edit them and do all that stuff, right? Their own skate videos because they were going to make it big. <laughs> yeah. But they would come to my house because my mom was the most relaxed. Of course. Yes. So they would be downstairs with their skateboards practicing tricks. <laughs> The amount of six inch <laughs> by quarter inch slices in the sheetrock from skateboards <laughs> huh, was obscene. They were, I mean, like boys, like they were just disgusting. Like just, there was a time when we had hamsters. Okay. We had worked at my dad's house doing yard work. We were able to go get the whole setup. Mm-hmm. My hamster escaped. Mm-hmm. And we I thought he was gone. We had cats. We had dogs. I don't know how this fucker made it. It's because the boys that were in the basement were so disgusting. There was always particles of Doritos, Cheetos, noodles, Good Lord. Mountain Whoa. Dew on the floor. And it was like that short pile carpet. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Right? So there was one night we're down there. And there was also like in this basement, there was lots of spiders. Like it's a real true testament of our Lord and Savior that this <laughs> hamster survived. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Praise hamster Jesus. So (laughs) we're sitting watching a movie. Okay. It was probably the same size as this room, right? Lights are all the way off, pitch black. And we see this (laughs) something scurry. And we all think it's like the biggest fucking spider, right? And we like pause it. We're like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, I don't know, but it went behind the entertainment center, which was like a postmodern entertainment center from the 90s, like nice. a full corner. Oh, unit, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're like, who's going <laughs> to look? So we like turn lights on and we're all just like, oh, shit. We look behind the TV and there's my fat fucking hamster <laughs> who's been missing for three weeks. Well, <laughs> wow. And has made a nest of carpet, feather bedding. <laughs> 
other pieces of fabric and then there's just chunks of Doritos and ramen noodles <laughs> in the nest. And he just like peeks his little fat head up at me and I was like, he's the chosen one. Like, <laughs> so I scoop him up and put him back in his wow. cage. But he, so the only reason he survived was because of feral teenage boys. That's impressive. I lived in my basement. But needless to say, the basement of the house that we lived in, mm-hmm. there was nothing in that living room that was of any value. Yeah. At all. Because it was just, I mean, there's lots of other things. It's disgusting. My brother used to spit sunflower seeds into the bathroom sink. Oh, Lord. And then one day I went in there and there was sunflowers growing from the bathroom sink. Shut up. Wow. And I like walked in and I was like, this is not. So I like pulled the stock and it was like, six inches that's a little impressive though disgusting that he's much better now <laughs> he doesn't listen to the show one day he will and be very mad at me and i'll get a text <laughs> in four years is that you're older or not as older he's just older than me okay so i have my oldest brother that's nine years older yeah this one is the closest to me we fought like cats and dogs yeah and then i have my little brother who's 15 years younger than me who is just now getting to this stage of his life of just being nonsense and disgusting and yeah. smelly and all Anyways, that. Yeah, back to the show. <laughs> He's the one that will like fog a bathroom with Axe and oh, then come out and be like, man. does this smell okay? And I'm like, everybody can taste it. <laughs> it smells fine. <laughs> Don't light a match. It's bad. Yeah. But did your mother like how like her influence on you is great in your antiquing world because that's Huge. who you spent. Yeah. All of your time antiquing with. Mm-hmm. 100% because we didn't live near my grandparents because sure. we moved around so much. So um, all of I looking now at what I like, it's very much similar to what she liked when I was younger. Because obviously her taste has changed now. But when I think of what she liked to get from stores when she was my age. That's what I like now, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. But maybe a, maybe a little more macabre. But even my cute little Mormon mom likes creepy stuff. Yeah. So everybody likes a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you? How has your taste evolved since antique? Like, what are you looking for now when you go out? What are you after? Um, I think the stuff I like falls into two categories. One being ugly. I like kitschy, just like horrendous why did someone make that why is that sold who had that you know that kind of something that gets that reaction like that makes me uncomfortable (laughs) i want it (laughs) put it in my house yeah so i like ugly kitschy stuff my poor husband is just like has learned to like it um and then the other side of that is anything like macabre or um gothic or fantastical like mm-hmm. i still like fairy tale stuff but i want it to be dark and creepy so having said that like anything that falls into those two categories i don't care what the thing is yeah if it matches my like aesthetic i guess mm-hmm. then that's what i want now are you like leaning towards like dark scary creepy like uh victoriana morning stuff or occult stuff or like a mixture of both um definitely a mixture i love occult anything um because of my spiritual preferences so i like books on the occult i like old occult objects um i also like um like catholic ephemera Mm. anything um religious Mm -hmm. to me 
is weird and creepy. So it works for me. So I like stuff like that. I find the Catholic Church to be very occult. So Yeah, I think that uh, most religions have... that The pageantry that goes along with right. it fits into the weird stuff that I like. Yeah, and I'm I'm not a religious person, but I like theological based like antique items. Yeah. Cuz yes. they're very beautiful. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah. And the artwork and uh even just like candlesticks and different stuff from that time like I would love to own a last rites kit. <gasps> oh. Cuz it's just the the iconography, the mm-hmm. all of the stuff that goes behind just that. Mhm item is very interesting to me the history behind it yeah is my big thing of what gets me to collect something yeah that the the history of stuff is why i um started getting into uh historical fashion i like i love vintage clothing and i love um obviously i dress in like a retro vintage way but it came from my love of history yeah so well don't you feel like both this is for you and Jill. Like, don't you feel like the older you get, like thinking back to like early you collecting mm-hmm. versus now, like early me was very much like, oh, this is cool. People collect this. I like this. And now it's very much like that. It's the history driven aspect of I will nine times out of 10 buy something because I know more of the story versus because it's expensive or it looks valuable or. I think the whole idea of collecting something because it's a collectible and because it is worth money went over my head. I don't think that ever was something that clicked with me. I Mm -hmm. think it's always been, Oh, I can deep dive into the history of whatever this is and feed my like Mm -hmm. (laughs) feed my autism because it's hungry. (laughs) Feed the autism knowledge beast. Yes, exactly. And that it's always, yes, you're connecting things in my brain for me. <laughs> it's that. It's, Happy to do it. It's me wanting to to learn more about something. And if like a, a weird key sparks that for me, then I'm going to go on a nine hour binge of the history of skeleton keys or mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. which I have done. Well, insert curio corner for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> when like when I was looking at stuff, you know, or like I listen to something, I do the same thing. I have to Google it. And you guys have both seen me do it. Mm -hmm. We'll be having a conversation and I'm like still listening, but I need my brain has to know what this is right now. And I do that. Now I do that while I'm in store with my phone. But when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I would ask my mom like, Oh, what's this? But, and she would tell me, no, 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 I need more. Like you need to keep telling me about Mm -hmm. it. And so that's where like the library came in. And when I was older, you know, the family computer, I'd be on there looking stuff up. And finally, mm-hmm. when I was a little bit older, my dad put together a, a, like a desktop computer for me. And that's basically what I did on it. I just like researched things. <laughs> We're so cool. <laughs> well, and Jill, you always surprise me because you like have this like hip pocket thing of knowledge. Yeah. Aren't you like an art history? And you'll just pull shit out. And I'm like, What? I had no idea that you had like that chunkier brain. Ta-da! <laughs> She's an enigma. Really, very I much. Yeah, I do. I like. There's certain things I do like the history of, like art. I could spend. So when we went to DC for my husband's job, I he was like, just drop me off at the Smithsonian, yes. and I will be there. 
And he called me and it was like three hours later. He's like, which museum are you at? And I was like, oh, I've never left the fine arts. Yep. I was like, I'm still in this wing. Are you? I was like, what time is it? And he's like, <laughs> we're coming to get you. And I was like, oh, oh. okay. Well, let me make a quick pass of everything yep. else. But were you stopping yeah. to read everything? Yeah, I would read. And then I kind of just, I like to just sit there and look. And mm. like, for me, it's, I, I look at the patterns. I look at the shapes and the colors and I, look at the layers mm-hmm. like I like to see like for me I'm like okay this is how I would do it so this is probably how to do it and a lot of the po- um oh no I'm gonna totally forget names but um like the dot work some of the artists do mm-hmm. is just so fascinating to me but yeah so every time every once in a while I like to throw a little hey <laughs> so when you're out looking and like thrifting and antiquing and all of those things. Cause when you and I go together, we separate mm-hmm. and then we come back. So I don't see your process. No. What is your process? My process is a quick search, grab the shiny, move to the next room, grab the shiny. And then I come back to the original room I was in. And then I do a slow look through, pick things up, kind of holding stuff, but it's a quick grab. Yeah. I don't like to stay in one place because then I start questioning myself. Yeah. And then what like, are you missing? Yeah. Or it's a, I'll put a bunch of stuff in my thing and I'll be like, well, I don't need all this. And then I'll be like, well, maybe I don't want to get this, but I want to get this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I start pissing myself off <laughs> and then I don't get anything. Yeah. Cause I've just, and now we enable each other because I throw shit in my basket for you. Yeah. And I do the same thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then other people, now that we know other people we're like, Oh, this person would really like this. I'll just ship it to him. You know, it's fine. <laughs> or I'll find like this last estate till I found stuff for both of you. Yes. <laughs> and it was just the perfect reason to shop more. Yeah. Like, oh, I have to get this for spell check and Jill. Yeah. yeah. The, the book is now sitting next to my um, retro Bluetooth speaker. Yes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> What's your estate sale process? Um, my It's the exact same for any store or any like anywhere I'm going where I'm looking for something. I start at the beginning and I go to the end. Oh, that's your autism brain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> making you. I, I can't. I can't do the like flitting around to separate places unless it's something. It's hard, but if I see something that's out of the designated, like loop mm-hmm. that I have to make, it's really, really fancy or like something I really want to look at. I'll go look at it, but then I have to go exactly back to the spot where I was mm-hmm. and then continue on through the loop that yes. I've made in my head. I will like skim past stuff I know I don't I'm not interested in, but I have to go like I just have to start from the beginning and go through and it has to be like a pattern. Yeah. I can't Well and that's yeah. I went with my husband and I now have two days off a week Ooh. together. And we're trying to spend Thursdays just together as a family and going and thrifting and whatever. Oh, God, it's so hard because (laughs) this process is so different. Oh, no. So we will go to the DI and Mm -hmm. I have the same walkthrough every time I go. Mm -hmm. And this motherfucker is going from like aisle three to the books back to aisle two, like, one end to the other and so i'll like look up and he's gone and then they come back and i'm like what are what are you doing (laughs) like you are all over the place i'm like serpentine my guy i'm like you gotta and then he does i don't ever look through like the stuffed toys at Mm -hmm. thrift stores 
No, that's especially if I have my yeah, yeah especially ugh. if I have my child. Yeah, that's no. asking for a tantrum. Mm-hmm. And this son of a bitch straight up starts to whip it in, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Do not take him. No, bad idea. No, I just. Or he'll, it's sweet now because he knows about the show and the stuff that I collect. And so he's at like the beginning of his collecting journey, right? Mm-hmm. So he'll like hold something up. Oh, like a teacup the other day. We were at the Goodwill. And he goes, oh, he brings this teacup, just the teacup to me. He goes, is this something that you could possibly, <laughs> is this expensive? <laughs> <laughs> and I look at it and I said, good eye. I said, this is made, it was a made in China piece of, yeah. and I said, it, it it's meant to look very expensive. I said, but it's not, but I did find right next to it, a piece of English bone China. It's upstairs holding my mini brands. I would have gotten whichever one I liked the look of better. That's what I did. Yeah. It was, I could tell the one that I want, I got is older. It has some crazing and mm. it's got, it's uh 14 carat gold rimmed and then the, nice. but it was the inside of the teacup has roses <gasps> oh so pretty. pretty that's super pretty i love yeah. teacups which if you want to borrow it for your thing you can borrow i might it. yeah it's i got it for two reasons one because i liked it and i thought maybe you would like it because i'm not a teacup collector no i'm not either i'm just doing simply for a party mm-hmm. anyway so it was a long a way around that but yeah his his uh process is we're sharpening it yeah, my husband, I don't know. He he likes to like hold things and examine forever. Forever. I had been through the house 3 times and he's still in one room. Right. And Why then you do it. And I'll be like, I'll have like my basket full, like my arms are full and he'll be like, "Are you already done?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I've been through the house 3 times. Let's go." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, no, I still want to go." And I'm like, "Oh god." This is why we usually take two cars. Right. <laughs> I just am like... Because then the crowd starts to pick up and then it's like, I can't. Yeah. And then we both, you and I have done this where we've walked into a sale, especially this, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and we both do the big eye. You girls, ladies, you know what this look is. <laughs> it's a, you, the look you give to your friend when you're either at a bar or at a restaurant and there's somebody talking to you, you don't want to talk to you. And you look at your friend. <laughs> Save me. Mm-hmm. This is, that's a look we go. Yeah. This is nuts. Yeah. We have. And I don't enjoy them when they're like that. I No, because it's too many people like looking for specific things or it's like collectors looking for the stuff to sell. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. Whatever. I can't go to sales like that unless I have like Sam with me, <laughs> honestly, because <laughs> I can't function with that much disorganization yeah, it's, and that many yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. I generally, if I go to a sale that I know is going to be busy, I keep you in mind as I'm looking for things for things you would be looking for could you stand to yeah, physically be there but I just can't no I no. make you stay in the car rarely can I go into really crowded stores to leisurely look for something mm-hmm. like I can go into a busy grocery store if I know like I need to go get bread I'll go get the bread I'll get out it's fine but I can't look for pleasure through anything if there are too many people or if there's too much um, like stimuli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just ooh, brain no. shuts off. Yeah. It's um, it's not fun. And I think because of the pandemic and the year we had of being kind of in isolation, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely like that for me now. Like I can't being in a crowded situation. It's really just like, well, I don't like this at all. Yeah. But hypothetically, I like to do it. Right. And 
this now it's my favorite part of the show. I hate hypothetically going, <laughs> but I will tell you, I was telling Spellcheck before this, I gave her a couple of hints before. So she didn't, so she would know what I was asking about. Yeah. Cause I know she knows what it is, but I, I'm so bad with names of things. Yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> I, and I told her, I said, I'm trying to make this one particularly hard as penance for what I've put people through thus far <laughs> on the show. <laughs> So I just want you to know that going into okay, this. Okay, thanks. Makes me feel a little better. It was hard for me to write, and I was mad at myself. <laughs> Good. And there was a couple questions where I went, no, don't write that. And I went, bitch, you better write it. <laughs> you better. And then I was like, you can't make these choices yet. <laughs> so it's time for my favorite part of the show, which is the estate sale walkthrough. Every week I write an imaginary estate sale with very real antique and vintage and retro inspired items. And our guest each week has to walk through and pick one or two of the items in each scenario. Mm. Rosario Dawson. Yeah, in each scenario, <laughs> Dawson. <laughs> um, today, I don't know if this actually happens, but it sounds cool. Sure. Today we are in Massachusetts. Okay. With a fresh shipment of items from across the pond. <gasps> oh. I'm assuming that's a thing. Sure. I mean, why wouldn't it be? It's a thing. We'll reach out to Are we people. in Salem? Yes. yes. We are in... Uh, uh, Port towns of Massachusetts. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> this sale is outdoors and there are plenty of things to choose from and to pick through. It's kind of like a flea market, kind of like this where everybody's just offloading stuff. They don't want to haul it inland any further. Oh, yes. It's very, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Not too hot. I love it. <laughs> We're going to have a lobster roll and clam chowder. I love lobster. Nice. Yeah. We're taking our after chowder are we going to have, pick. do Do we have ale in our hands? Yes. Okay, we good. do. Spellcheck has sparkling water. Yeah. Yes. Spicy water. That's, I have spicy water. Yes. You have spicy water. The pepper water. <laughs> we are starting with the first table we come up to as we walk through the entrance. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Yes. We are following your code of, your yes. modus of operandi. <laughs> we are doing it the way you want to do yes, it. This yes. This is your sale, Spellcheck. That's yeah. right. And I didn't know this when writing this, but it has... That you liked these things. It is tiny figures. The tables are covered with various miniature tiny figures. It's a two-part question. Oh, okay. Geez. Of the tiny figures, do you choose to pick through the porcelain and bisque figurine minis or the glass figurine? Oh. Uh, Sorry. Um, and it's anything I want can be there. Mm-hmm. Porcelain. Okay. Jill? See, this is tough because I like glass, but mm -hmm. then the porcelain usually has stupid little faces on them. Mm -hmm. Porcelain you is better. Stupids. Yeah, you want the stupids. I know. I'm, I'm going with glass. No, you're not. Well, because of what my grandmother collected. I oh. love the little glass menageries. I do love the porcelain, but I'm going with glass for Ugh. this. Because yeah. I'm getting like little porcelain deer with eyes that are like looking the wrong yeah. way. See, they're like <laughs> one up, one yes. down. Like it's painted yeah. wrong. It does get a little narrower. This is the first choice. Okay. I think I'm going to go porcelain. Okay. Porcelain. So the two of you that picked porcelain. Mm -hmm. Are you going, you can choose between mm -hmm. lambs <gasps> or ducks? Lambs. Wow. Fast. Whoa. No, I'll tell you why. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> here's the story. <laughs> okay. So in my mom's bathroom for my entire life, and I don't know where this fucker is anymore, but I want it. <laughs> there was this 
this figure like the it's, it was a hollow sheep and you're supposed to shove cotton balls into it and you could pull oh, the cotton yeah. balls out of the butt mm-hmm. yeah abby has one it's a bunny yes i have one now that's a pig but <laughs> my mom had a sheep one and so when i see little lambs and sheep things oh mom's bathroom mm-hmm. sheep so. yeah, as one does yeah it's either beach or bathroom sheep it, yeah. yes it's true jill um the like, look you gave me i know because i like both <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go duck. Good choice, because they're the dumbest looking ones. That's what I'm figuring. <laughs> yeah, I chose glass. Yeah. So what? My are... options were frogs or snakes. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, I wish I would pick glass. <laughs> and I, it's tough because we all know I know the frog girl. Yeah, I am gonna go with snakes. Because Ooh. my grandmother has like a, a snake cobra in Ooh. her cabinet. It's very cool. Had, it's black and red. Had I had to choose, had that sentence was bad. It's okay. If we I had to choose, <laughs> I would have picked snakes because another story. So when spell check Your was- dad had a bathroom snake? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> that did go. I didn't think it all the way through. Don't that sounded better in your head, it didn't did. it? It did. Um, <laughs> no, Spellcheck's favorite book when she was little was There's a Snake in the House. And I forced my mother to read it to me over and over and over. And it is not a short picture book. Oh, it is a book that takes at least an hour to read. Wow. <laughs> I just, as soon as you said, there's a snake in my house, my brain went, there's a snake in my boots. I see too. <laughs> Somebody poison the waterhole. <laughs> <laughs> Moving yeah. on. Uh, I'm glad that it covered from my bathroom snake. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. Boy's bathroom. Anyways. I'm not going to be able to look my father in the eyes. <laughs> Dad. Damn it, Sam. Don't. Sorry. Sorry, husband to Reba McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> um, the was next... it Kevin Bacon? No, Kevin no, Bacon was No, he the... was a... Uh, um... We'll do it in the curio corner. We'll yes, figure yeah. out who the guy was. <laughs> I was like, wasn't he the one that was coming through town? Love That's Kevin right. Bacon's. That's yeah. right. The next table we come to has all of the kitschy items we love here at the Mothball Prophecies. Prophecies. There is vintage. Um, these are vintage cookie jars. Oh, fuck you. Oh. And they're left in cookie jars. How did you know? You know these because I they're my new anthropomorphic love yeah okay um on the table to choose from is a lefton miss pris cookie jar in blue and white an inesco walrus cookie jar and he is so dumb looking or an inesco snappy the snail cookie jar Ew, i'm going walrus he's so stupid i love it the snail 100 percent the snail oh, we gotta fight um, I'm taking it. <laughs> I am trained. I'm going to um, this is true. carefully hold my walrus while you two fight it. I could I'll kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. um, will you enlighten the users? The oh, users? The listeners? The listeners. The so I, I am trained um, in uh, Taekwondo and Krav Maga. Yeah. That is fucking awesome. Don't overstimulate her. She'll kick your ass. <laughs> I am not like an expert or anything, but like... No, I... no, no, no. Don't take... No, no. Back up. You know it. You are an expert in some of it. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. May I have another? <laughs> Don't sneak up on me, please. 
But if you're going to stand behind or talk about Corvids. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> then you'll be welcome. Right. <laughs> Sweet nothings about crows in my little ears. Okay. <laughs> now to give myself uh, some payback for all the pain I've put you both through over the course of the show. Yes. The next tent is filled with vintage Halloween. Oh, oh my loins. <laughs> and it's some of my favorite things. Okay. This is, this is a two parter, but okay. not, this is just, there's two things we have to choose from in the Halloween tent. And I okay. hate myself for okay. it. There are lots of Tucks and Sons Halloween postcards, which if you have looked up vintage Halloween mm-hmm. postcards, you've seen them. They're cute. Oh, one lot. So this is a lot one is depicting cats and witches. The other lot is depicting ghosts and bats. Oh, oh ghosts and bats. I oh. love bats. Oh, they're so cute to me. They are. I love bats, but I also is witch. Yeah. <laughs> How do I? Can we loophole it? Do you want to loophole it? I will get the cats and witches. You get the ghost and bats, and then we'll sit and do like a trading card swap. In and the then I can lot. just steal yours? Yes. I will. You can Krav Maga <laughs> <laughs> my postcards. Yes. Okay. okay. Deal. All right. Deal. Noted. <gasps> Last one. I hate myself. Good. Do you choose between the paper pulp jack-o'-lanterns oh. and cat or the blow mold of a ghost holding a jack-o'-lantern? Oh. Oh. Oh, my brain. This was the one I wanted to delete because I, 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 I said, uh, uh, oh, uh, you choose first. I'm going with my gut. Which is? <laughs> Are you sure about that? No. Your face says otherwise. Because they're both so hard to come across. Yes. yes. And they're both, I love them. Yes. <laughs> ah! But I feel like, huh? <laughs> I feel so good right now. You guys don't even understand. Oh, God dang it. I'm going to go with... Jack-o'-lantern! <laughs> You're going to go with the jack-o'-lantern? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm going with the blow mold with the ghost because he's got the, the dumbest face. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to go with because they're so damn cute. Mm-hmm. I do love... I love the paper pulp. Yeah. There's, but they're I align so more Halloween-y like, decor-wise with the yeah. mold the right. kitschy side of it i just really like jack-o'-lanterns yes and it could stay up all year long at your house for sure yeah because it yep yeah <laughs> that's i have a coffin bookshelf nailed to my wall mm-hmm. right now it's As glorious one should. Yeah. it's glorious thank you my husband built it for me because he's handy mm-hmm. <laughs> he built me a handy dandy gardening tool last year he too. sure did and he put a pentagram on it for yes. you and my mom was <laughs> <laughs> not stoked about it and i loved it he i had this um row maker made oh yeah so i could move the spades on it depending on what size row i needed to make so if i was doing potatoes i needed 18 inches i could do that Mm -hmm. if i was doing beets and it was the handiest fucking thing it still is but i pulled it out of the car and that wooden handle Mm -hmm. has this pentagram burned into it my mom goes (laughs) that's nice (laughs) and i was like it is nice it is nice mom he was so proud of himself when he did that. He was like, look what I did for your friend. Look. And then he smiled real big. Uh-huh. <laughs> so happy. And when I came to pick it up, he stood in the doorway of the house with like his hands on his hips. Yep. And uh, Spellcheck goes, you have to react to it when you see it. <laughs> and I was like, noted. So, yes. Um, that, that was the, that's the last of the estates I walked through. I was not going to put us through anymore. <sighs> 
nonsense. That was but that's good. Thank you yes. for not only being my friend and yes. confidant, Aww. but for being a integral part of the Mothball Prophecies. Hey, thanks. Yeah. And doing the work behind the scenes that I hope everybody appreciates, really. Because yes. every, every week when we get the summaries and things like that, we just go, how do you do I it know. every week? My friend, my best friend, Tammy, she was like, how does she come up with this? Mm-hmm. It's so whimsical the way she just oh. writes it. And I'm like, I know this is why we have her because I'd be like, look at lady. Listen, <laughs> listen, she good. Yeah, it's just, it's perfect. And just real thankful. So thank you. Yes. Thank and you. Thank you. Yes. And stay tuned for this week's Curio Corner where we dive a little bit deeper into stuff we talked about today in Spellchecks episode. Our dear sweet, sweet Spellchecks. Oh, she is so cute. I just love her pieces. I do too. And I love, you know, we talked about it on the episode, but <clears throat> seriously, every time she writes up the show note and stuff for the episode, the summary, I'm like, how does your brain work like this? I don't know, but I'm just like, thank God, because you make it sound so intelligent. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I told her, I've told her before, I'm like, listen, if I write this, everybody's going to know that I wrote I it. Because it's not as great as what you do. I know. If I wrote it, everybody would be like, what the hell is she? Like, this doesn't even make sense. Is this what? Like, yeah. my husband, like, anytime I make a Facebook like Facebook post and I made, like, it, it could be the tiniest of errors. He's like, give me your phone. I'm oh, like, he's why? your editor. He's like, you spelled something wrong. You Tell used me. the wrong form of whatever. I'm like. Babe, I'm not the writer of the family. We so all know this. Just tell Ethan we'll we'll take him on to our staff, and we'll give him whatever his favorite thing is, his own silly putty, and then something else so he can audit our things, um, and do all that. And I love like Spellcheck writes up the Patreon summary, which is different than the, the uh-huh. what comes out, and they're like her dear little love letters to the patrons, and they are. They're so cute. I love them. I love them. Yeah, she's so good. We did, after we finished recording, there was one thing that we forgot to talk about that is kind of like the cornerstone of Spellcheck. And she loves to read, right? She has lots of books. She has books everywhere. And I was at an estate sale recently and I found this little big book that was like a murder mystery detective book. Yeah. And it's like, it was in such good condition. Right. And it's from 1937. Like it, you, and it was never read. No. Just on a shelf, like you, like because I you it handed lived with it a baby to me. Spell check in the thirties, yeah. and I was like trying to open it, and you could tell like it's never. I'm like, oh god, I don't. Oh, <laughs> don't be the oh, one to break the. I'm crisp. Just gonna like peek in it. <laughs> yeah, and she, I, I, when we were making the bags for the Patreon, when I say we, I was project manager <laughs> watching her sell them, and um, I was looking, and she has all of these like gothic romance novels mm-hmm. from the sixties. And they have the best cover art and the best mm-hmm. storytelling. They do. they do. They're so cute. There was I asked her. I was like, "What is? What are they?" And they're not like a specific series of book. It's just a genre that isn't really around anymore. Mm-hmm. And she loves the paperbacks, and she um, likes the paperbacks from Hell is one of her favorites. But they're just dramatic. And I know, like Riley from Darling Diddy's also like reads and collects. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, because when we're in our chat and they show start going off on their books, it's like mm-hmm. adorable. I just I'm like, I just want to pinch you guys' cheeks. Yeah, it's so cute. And I it's one of well, I say it all the time, but I'm like, even just to have them displayed mm-hmm. would be worth it to collect them. Yeah. 
I have some, when I graduated nursing school, Ethan had gotten me some vintage um, nursing novels. Oh, cute. They're so cute. <laughs> like, I opened it at first. I'm like, uh, thanks. <laughs> he was like, you know, because you're a nurse and I found these. And I'm like, no, they're super cute because I have them. So I have them. And then my grandma was a nurse assistant. And so I have her stethoscope. Whoa. And um, like her hemostat. And um, I think it's a pair of scissors. And so I have them kind of displayed. Hi, we're going to do what I what you do to me. What is hemostatin? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the roles have reversed. <laughs> what? You don't know what a hemostat is? Come oh, on. I didn't miss that chapter. In no, school. it's like... <laughs> I thought everybody learned that one in school. No, it's a, they're like kind of like pliers, but they have little grippers on it. So if we need to clamp something. I've seen those. They make the click. click. Yeah. Yeah. It's the click thing. They usually, they hold a, they clamp them on like. Like we'll clamp sheets together or like drapes or whatever. And then there's like certain ones you use inside people. (laughs) That's the ones I was referencing. (laughs) Like I see them on them doctor shows. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have a pair that you, it was, that, there okay. were retractors and I don't know what I did with them. Was Okay. Uh, my brain just did a, wait a minute. Why did your grandma have one that she kept? Like, is that just something that you like? No, have? when you're a nurse, you will have hemostats because. Are they the ones that are on that belt thing? Yeah. Well, I would clamp mine to, <laughs> so I would put a couple rolls of tape on them, medical tape. Oh yeah. And I that. would clamp it to um, my scrub top. So I could ne- so I never lose. When you it. worked in surgery, mm-hmm. well, you still kind of do. But well, yeah, but yeah. When, so when I worked on the floor, like post surgery, yeah. like I always would need tape. When you and your pockets it. weren't like big enough for all of it, so I would just put some rolls of tape on there. Wow, good Spectre gadget. I know nurses can do whatever they like. So is there? Do you have a preference on one? Like, is there a brand that you like? Like me with combs. No. Um, no, just as long as they're stainless steel. I bought some gold plated ones though at a nurse convention. I went with Tammy and her sister in law in Vegas. Mm-hmm. It was a nurse practitioner one, so I couldn't take any of the classes. Oh. But I went into the convention and I was just like, Oh, this is cool. And they were like ten bucks. I was like, Hills, yeah. And they're like mini cute. ones, so they're super cute. We love little things. I know. So the doctors would always be like, Do you have scissors? And I was like, Yeah, and I'd pull them out and they're like, No, like Big girl scissors. And I'm like, but they're so cute. I was like, it takes forever to cut, but yeah, they work. These work. <laughs> okay, thanks for clearing that up for me. You're welcome. That, so do you have them displayed? Mm-hmm. Oh, cute. Yeah. I have them. They're where they're at now. You can't really see them, so I need to kind of get some risers and stuff. But yeah, so that's what I have. Nurse novels. I love that. I was going to say, speaking of mini things, they had... um I caved and I bought the, the big set of mini brands at Sam's club. <laughs> my mom was with me. So <laughs> I saved um, two out of my one, one for you to open and another one for me to open. Today. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I want you to experience it. <laughs> so they had like the set of five mini brands. Uh huh. They had five of the little balls in there. And I put it in the car and I was telling my mom, I was like, these make me so happy. I'm like, I'm going to save these for sad days when I'm just feeling real depressed. I'm going to open one of these. And she looks at me and she goes, do, do you want another one? <laughs> and I was like, 
yeah, I want to fuck another one. <laughs> so she got me one. She goes, this is for your birthday. Oh. And then I, we, I go home. She goes, you can't open it until your birthday. And I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm not going to open all 10 of these today. <laughs> like a madman. <laughs> See, so. I would. I can't like open one and then like, oh, wait for later. Yeah. Well, luckily my son was ready to burn through them. So we opened two, and then I was like, okay, we have to put these away. And he ruminated on it all day long, right? He just couldn't handle it. And so I told him, I said, when dad gets home, you can open another one. As soon as my son heard the garage door open, <laughs> he jumped off of the couch, went to where they were, climbed up in his, we have this like little, I call it a sous chef stand in oh, the yeah, kitchen, yeah. gets in that and fucking sets them up so they're facing towards the back door. And he's just standing there with his hands on the counter. My husband comes in through the back door and he goes, Dad, open it. And Dustin goes, no, we can't open these. They're mamas. And then he started to really cry. And I said, no, no, no. He's been waiting for this all day long. I told him he would open one. Please, for the love of God, open one. So they opened one and God bless my husband. He stretched it into like a 20 minute affair. Oh, yep. So <laughs> I'm going to put my other printing tray in the office. I like how I've, the offices are like honeymoon suite. I really like consult with you. So I'm going to put the other, the tray in there and that's where I'm going to put them all. Oh, that's going to be cute. Yeah. They're yeah. so fun. Right now I just have the food ones, but I'm going to, after this, I'm going to upgrade to the toy ones. Well, you gotta. I, I have to. It's like a, you, it's like a procession. Like you got to. Yeah. What do we need to make like a mini corner now? <laughs> what did I get for tiny things this week? When you can have a big collection, just make it very small. That's what my friend Eunice does. That's why she has tiny things. God bless her. <laughs> you should give some to Eunice. I'm super. Actually, I think she already knows about him because we were talking about him last week. Yeah. <laughs> you can surprise her. I told her, I was like, this is like your crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, back to <laughs> back to Curio Corner here. <laughs> <laughs> talking about our interests. Um, we... We talked about, I really enjoyed sitting down and hearing her side of, you know, what makes her tick. And it's it's always interesting when we interview somebody that we both know relatively well. Mm -hmm. Because you have you have all the questions we ask new guests out of the way, right? So yeah. it's nice to dive another layer into them. Yeah. And there, and when we talked about her, uh, excuse me, my snow, I have a snow mold allergy. And so oh, my voice is... Yeah. That snow mold is no joke. Yeah, all of our snow just melted and it kills me every year. And I do, I, inevitably, I do Jill's hair and I go, I don't know why I'm sick. And fucking <laughs> Jill reminds me that I have an allergy every year for the last eight years. That's why everybody should have their own personal nurse. Their own personal Jill. <laughs> so we, um, if you, we talk a little bit about her like Dutch upbringing or yeah. not, her Dutch heritage. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about the resistance fighter stuff that we talk about, if you go to the mini episode towards the end of that episode is we call spell check. And yeah. Get that we story do. about her rosary. So go back to that. But we talk about uh, a Dutch favorite, a Holland favorite. We talk about Delft porcelain. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it's one of those things like if you have been around any old lady True. you've seen delft somewhere right um this is from holland.com and then the other part is the how to identify delft blue pottery by rose heichelbeck and i'll cover that what it is because i've seen it right and it's like yeah and we, everybody has seen it right right 
you have come across it at some point. You've seen blue and white pottery at some point in your life. Mm -hmm. But as with everything that we do in this curio corner, I can't believe how much I didn't know about it. Well, that's the whole point of our curio quarters. Because then we'll like stuff we do know and we're like, oh yeah. And then we're like, oh. (laughs) So Delft is, it's a blue earthenware pottery and it's known the world over probably because it's been around since the 17th century (laughs) is when it was manufactured for the first time in the city of Delft, which was the capital of Holland at one point. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. Popular among the rich who would show off their Delft collections. Um, Delft pottery was kind of the predecessor to like like Chinese pottery at yeah, the time, yeah. right? So they were making it in the 17th century and ever conscious of names and not wanting to be uh, known as a peasant, right? Potters at the time that were making Delft they would refer to it as earthenware while the elite would refer to it as porcelain because Delft blue was not made from typical porcelain clay, but it was made from like earthen clay that was coated in a tin glaze after firing. So, but people who didn't want to seem like they were poor would say that it was porcelain, even though it was never porcelain. Because they were like, we we need to look like we're elite and that we're at a high standard. I can just see like you're at a tea party and be like, oh, you've got that earthen. No, right. porcelain. porcelain. No, no, I bought this down. The- you got it at that same stand. It's earth. Nope. Porcelain. <laughs> Shut up, Deborah. Damn it, Deborah. This is why I don't invite you to these parties. Because <laughs> you shit on everything I like. <laughs> so, but in spite of this, Delft rose to unrivaled popularity globally and still to this day. At its peak, there were 33 factories in Delft. But of all these factories, there's only one remaining. And today, and it makes Royal Delft pottery. That's so, that, okay, that's just like 33 factories. Uh, right from what the 17th to the 22nd century yeah that's wild and crazy like you'll cover this a little bit too um this was like at the rise of tea drinking tea yeah because that's the ones i remember are the teacups yeah Mm -hmm. um but so the the thing that i found with the first delft pieces were often left unmarked oh which is frustrating now for us yeah because is it a repo yeah. Um, and as markings wasn't as common back then as it is today. So earlier designs were painted completely by hand, which back in that time, right, they didn't that's how they and did transfers. it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so that of course showed the inconsistencies from plate to plate, cup to cup, whatever. Mm. Um, of the lines and other significant imperfection. Earlier pieces included tea sets, vases, decanters, and decorative tiles. And it's the tiles I do remember. Yeah. You see those everywhere. Yes. Now that, and they're like, yeah. My like brain just been, went bling. I know. We've been to several estate sales where we've seen them. seen them. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's I nice. I need a tile. I, what are you going to do with that? Every time. I know. Um, Today, markings on the bottom of Delft pieces will often say hand painted in Holland, along with any number of variation of the phrase Delft blue. In either Dutch or English. However, many modern pieces are not hand-painted at all, of course. Right. But are instead made by transfer and stamp. 
Wow. Um, also, I found it was really cool. Around the 1900 markings indicated the spell deft with no S on the end. Interesting. I wonder why that one random. Yeah, I don't. Was it like a new hire that didn't know? <laughs> didn't know how to spell. And we're like, oh, I thought we were spelling it like this. Oh, I, my training said. Yeah. Um, and prior to 1900, it was a hit or miss with the hallmarks because many companies simply didn't mark their pieces at all. Which again, guys, come on. Yeah. Put a mark on it. It's not that hard. Listen, live your life like one day the shit you make will be collectible. Okay. Live your life like you're manufacturing the next fucking <laughs> antique, okay? Put your GD name on the bottom. It doesn't even have to be fan. Like, I don't need a fancy well, name. Oh, yeah. Look what Fenton did. They just would fucking throw an F. <laughs> I know. That's what you say. Just put an F. Put a B, a J. Yeah, whatever. A smiley face. A penis. Draw Etch a penis into the bottom of it. Do what you want to do with your life. Make it notable, okay? But just make it easy on us to find these later. Listen, Okay. <laughs> For the love of God. Because how many times have you picked something up, no marking, and you're like, eh, reproduction. Yeah. Well, we need shirts that say, remember to look at the bottom. Everybody looks at a bottom. <laughs> Make the bottom pretty. Something like that. Guys, Make come up with bottom. a name and send it to us. Make the bottom pretty. Is the bottom pretty? <laughs> Did you look at the bottom? Did you look under Did its you skirt? Did you look at that? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, man. But so that that, of course, makes it hard to find if it's real or fake mm. because they had so many variations and then it was like eh, i'm not gonna do any well, and, yeah like, and at that time too everybody was copying everybody yeah guys make your mark you heard it from your mom's first right i'll go to your room um aside from markings there are other clues however to tell modern from fake or fake pieces to the real thing check the signs of a transfer or stamp on piece that claims to be hand painted as this is a dead giveaway that the piece is not authentic okay if i see a bunch of you with the like a teacup up to your eye <laughs> i will know that you have listened to this mm -hmm. episode yep. because i've noticed myself getting them like getting it really close like to see what it looks is like is that a stamp or is that really hand like Speaking of stupid things like that, I am too short to see the top of the shelves at the Goodwill in the where the dishes oh, yeah. are. So I put my phone on camera and my <laughs> husband was with me and he started laughing so fucking hard in the Goodwill. And I was like, leave me alone. Leave me I'd have me. you look, but you don't know what you're looking for. <laughs> Go. Anyways. So if you see a hand with a phone on it, you'll know it's Sam. It's just me. Hi. Uh, Hey guys! Oh, that's can somebody come get this piece for me? Is there a stool, <laughs> please? So yeah, but there's a lot. I mean, it was really fascinating to learn about this. Yeah, it's one of those. I mean, obviously, it's been around for fucking yeah, centuries, and there's, they're really pretty. It's so pretty. I have um, I am very fair skinned. Surprise! I know. No, what? Um, yeah, and I told my tattoo artist this year. I said. I've never been able to get any color on my legs, so I'm going to embrace it. I said, so we need to start thinking of my own version of a Delft China pattern for my leg, and we're just mm. going to do a full leg in it. Ooh, that's going to be so pretty. So pretty, right? I mean, I might as well, it's going to cover up my veins in some areas. That's fun. Like, you're in, you know, getting that, and I'm getting a toucan. Oh, I'm so excited for I your know. toucan. I love my toucan. I love it. I love it so much. Um, So another thing we talked about a little bit more in depth this episode was... Um, Spellcheck's grandfather's. Um, uh, 
his workings during World War II, right? And we talked about this medal he received, like a Medal of Honor. Right. And I looked it up. I had spell check, reach out to her father to see if there was an actual name for it. And after doing some research and being very wrong, yeah. <laughs> there is not there. There was one instituted in 2017. Right. But it wouldn't have been the one that mm-hmm. her grand her great grandfather would have received. So if anybody out there knows what the Dutch, I guess we could ask Adrian. Maybe she'll know. Yeah. Um, but it, there isn't a name that I can find for it that would have been at that time period. Which would make sense because if it was that time period and it was kind of a, I don't know. A thing you did and you didn't have to have a name for it? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just like, here's your medal for. Thanks for saving us. You know. Yeah. I don't know. So if you know anything about that, please send us a Instagram. Give us your curio corner on it, guys. Yeah, tell us, please. But that was all we had for a little spell checks. That's her rap name, Little Spell Check. That's all we had for her Curio Corner today. Yeah, she had a lot of info on her own She's stuff yeah. because it's Spell Check. She's very smart. <laughs> to see all of the antiques that we talk about today in Spell Check's episode, to see the darling pictures of that she has of her great-grandparents at that time in Holland. Oh, yeah. Be sure to check out our Instagram at the Mothball Prophecies original and Facebook under the same name. That's where we post everything to do with the show. We would love to hear your stories about your antiques and curiosities that live in your house. So please drop us a line, send us an email at themothballprophecies at gmail.com. And now it's time for our next favorite part of the show, where we thank our lovely and devoted patrons who are so good to us. You guys are. Um, We would like to thank Gina in South Carolina. Gwendolyn in Minnesota. Julia in Sweden. Jasmine in Kentucky. Kyla in Indiana. Mandy and Riley in California. TC Lionel. Melissa. Christina. Erica. Becky. And Ashley in the good state of Idaho. To join our Patreon and to see all the tiers and perks, please visit the link tree in our Instagram bio. That's where we kind of add everything that we're doing. We also have a really great article that Gem Search app just featured us in. For the best vintage podcasts we have monthly perks um we have something very exciting coming for may yes exciting and yeah all the things all the adjectives all the one. feelings very excited about it we're gonna have some really great new merch for you guys this summer and coming throughout the year thank you so much to our support team gray for making us sound great every fucking week and spell check for looking us, making us look damn good on paper. Uh huh. Without her, we'd just we would just we wouldn't be, have a no, show. We Without wouldn't. the two of them, I know. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you know, we really hope you find some good shit, and we really hope you remember to look under the tables and the bottoms, <laughs> or on top with your cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Bye.